0: send
1: good underhill Limpet mines attached magnetically to the
0: hull of the ship below the waterline now they work on a preset timer you mean this uh, this knob here yes that's right now Finley, you'll take the Drakenfels
1: Sloan you take the Brown Brownfels right
0: You are listening to TMB DOS, They Must Be Destroyed On site. The following podcast may contain adult language and discussions of an adult nature. Spoilers for the films discussed occur often. You have been warned. Now, take it away, Dr. Rausch. They must be destroyed on site. is they must be destroyed on site episode 204 i am your host lee if we're going for a drink i want to be alive to enjoy it russell and i'm joined by my co-host daniel a benefactor of all whores and semen harper how you doing sir
1: <laughs> i am doing well and uh that is probably the most apt description you've given me uh, to date so uh, in fact, <laughs> i'm going to change that to my uh to my twitter handle uh Benefactors, all whores and semen.
0: That's good yeah there's That's some good true. lines in this film yeah, I will yeah, say. They're good. They're good. Yeah so we, we are going to be talking about uh the sea wolves from 1980 uh but before we do that uh we'll get into what we've watched lately and you have one thing you wanted to briefly mention there Daniel. So
1: Yeah I haven't really been watching a whole lot of stuff uh I mean you know there's a lot of just kind of the tv's just always on for for a pandemic but you know I've been I've been working um, so I haven't had a whole lot of time to kind of sit down and you know do a lot of um, watching of stuff, stuff independently that isn't like related to the other podcast I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have been really enjoying, uh, my wife has been going back through uh, Avatar The Last Airbender, the okay. uh, animated series, the Nickelodeon animated series. And that really is as good as its reputation gives it. Like there's a lot of... Uh, you know, there's a lot of kind of like Tumblr-esque kind of conversation around Avatar, um, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, you know, a lot of the... I mean, the show is now 15 years old. It is now on Netflix, at least in the U.S. And um, it uh, really is a story about, like... it's, It's not really a story about you know, like a bunch of goofy kids going off and having adventures. I mean, it does have that element to it. But, I mean, this really is a story about imperialism and about society and about, like, what war does to societies and, um, you know, kind of kind of personal redemption. Um, it really is quite good, and it, it has uh, lots of sequences that are uh, borrowed from, uh, you know, 70s martial arts flicks and stuff. Really? Um, it's... it's Really, really well done. I think it starts off a little bit, uh, a little bit goofier, but certainly as you get into season two and season three, I mean, this stuff and it gets, you know, for a Nickelodeon show from 2005, it gets pretty dark. Um, and huh. some of these characters have really kind of come to uh, enjoy and adore, quite honestly. Um, so I haven't really kind of gone through it like systematically, but I've been watching it, you know, kind of off and on, and I find myself uh, whenever my wife is watching it, I just kind of sit down next to her. I'm like, I'm involved in it all over again. Um, and so, um, yeah, I don't have really a whole lot to say about it, but, um, if you haven't given it a shot and you're, especially in the U S or if you're in a place where you can get it pretty easily, um, it is currently streaming on Netflix and I would recommend it to, uh, to people.
0: Yeah. Cause I always stayed away from it because, um, I was always of the, uh, fear that it was basically going to be Dragon Ball Z. Uh, no, it's definitely not that. It's no? definitely not okay. like
1: that kind of thing. I mean, this is this is well. The thing was, I was talking to my wife about it, and that is like when I first saw like the ads at the time, like sort of the intro sequence. It feels like something that has this like deeply complicated backstory, but is ultimately just like a bunch of kind of goofing off kids doing like battles with each other, and it's mm-hmm. just not that at all. I mean, it, it really is. I mean, the blacks the backstory does like pay off into. You know, kind of what the show is, and sort of the themes of, you know, love and loss and and uh, destruction and you know all that other stuff. And uh, I mean, it is funny. It does have lots of really humorous moments. It's a lot of comedy to it. Yeah, and, I mean, it is a goofy kind of kids show from two thousand five but um within that confines it, it it really does i mean almost every episode has something kind of really interesting kind of going on and even if it's just sort of a a neat visual reference or kind of a neat uh, fight scene or you know some kind of you know some bit of character growth and um yeah it's it's worth your time
0: did you ever watch the uh what's it the M Night Shyamalan adaptation <laughs>
1: i uh avoided i avoided that okay uh, like the plague so uh, i don't know maybe if if i could see that on somewhere i might i might give it a shot i think i pulled up i was like pulling up a clip from the animated show and i saw like just like a little hint like five seconds from a video from uh, the uh from the shalaman movie and just went well that looks terrible that's just like <laughs> why 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 would anyone spend 150 million dollars making that this is this is ridiculous so um, yeah yeah but no, the show is... Don't don't hold the show by that standard. The show is much, much better than that, you know.
0: So. All right. I might check it out. Yeah. Yep. So I have a few movies uh, I'll mention that I've watched uh, recently. I've actually watched quite a bit of stuff, but uh, I narrowed it down to these three... <laughs> Uh, in fact, I've, I've probably watched way too many movies in the last couple of yeah. weeks. <laughs> I kind of go through phases where
1: I'll sit down and watch like three movies a day, you know, for, you know, mm-hmm. especially, especially when I'm, you know, if I was, if I was a quarantined, I mean, I, you and I are both essential workers, so we're both like out doing things in the real world. But if I was stuck at home all the time, I probably would just sit and watch movies all
0: day. So, you know, yeah. Uh, so the first one I'll min- mention is uh, Red Sparrow from 2018,
1: the Jennifer Lawrence uh, kind of Black Widow movie sort of thing.
0: Sort sort of, yeah. It's it's kind of uh, like you know Black Widow if it was done as like a well. Well, here's the thing: the biggest problem with the movie is it's it tries to be like this epic, classy, like super long. Spy movie about, you know, Russian girls being put into the KGB <laughs> spy agency right. and being like sex spies and stuff, right? But the all the material is just straight up 1970s exploitation sleaze. Like, right. and if the movie was done that way, it would actually probably work way better, but it's kind of a slog because it's so long. Like, I'm not right. I, like Jennifer Lawrence is great, everybody in it's fine. It's just like an hour too long. Like it's 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 about an hour too long. Um, How long is the movie? It's, I think it's like two and a half hours. Jesus Christ. Almost that, like. that,
1: should be, that should be like an hour 45 tops. Yeah.
0: Like, yeah. But it's, um, I enjoyed it, but it is too long. And, yeah. uh, but I mean, it is, it is just, it is sleazy. It's sexy. It's, it's brutal. But it's done, like, as this big prestige, artistic, like, modern film when really they should have been going for, no, nah, this is kind of a bunch of scumbags and, and a poor girl who's forced to do working for these scumbags. and Right, right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but. no. They should have embraced the sleaze a little bit more. But uh, maybe, maybe mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I don't know. No, it sounds like it sounds like it was always something that interested me. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll check that out sometime. And, uh, you know, you just never do unless, you know, it just kind of pops up somewhere and you're like, oh, yeah, I'll yeah. check
0: on that, you know. Uh, another one I'll mention: um, The Deep from 1977. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is sort of an adventure thriller with. Uh, it's got like Robert Shaw, Nick Nolte, Jacqueline Bisset, uh, uh, Louis Gossip Jr. is the villain. It's got Eli Wallach in it. It's it's based on a, a what uh, what's his name? Peter Benchley. Peter Benchley, you yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's it's ba- it's based on one of his novels. Um, it's you know deep sea diving in Bermuda. it actually probably pair up kind of well with the the one we did there. The uh, the... Or, no, uh, the, the um... yeah, Bermuda Depths.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Sorry, I was like, didn't we do this one? Because I <laughs> had, like, vague memories of, like, and then I'm like, no, 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 the the other, yeah, Bermuda Depths, we did that one, right.
0: Yeah. But, you know, shot in Bermuda, too, so it's, like, absolutely beautiful, like, the the scenery's great. The scenery's especially good in the opening moments, where Jacqueline Bisset is deep-sea diving with Nick Nolte, and she's wearing, like, a white shirt, <laughs> and that's all she's wearing, pretty pretty much. Well, um it-
1: you're making me, uh, we're just going to have to watch this now.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's another film that's kind of bloated, like it's a bit too long. Yeah. But just the performances in it, like just the performers in it are great. I mean, Nick yeah. Nolte back in before he, you know, turned into you know, like, ah, Nick Nolte, you know. Like, <laughs> right. The, the, the younger, more hopeful Nick Nolte before life came crashing down, you know. Yes, yes. But, and, you know, Robert Shaw is just like a sort of super treasure hunter who's kind of like famous in Bermuda. Yeah, it's just fun. It's it's like, you know, uh, Gossett Jr. is this like Haitian smuggler type guy who's like trying to sort of nose in on this discovery of like treasure in this old uh, sunken ship. And, you know, they're all racing to try to get the treasure off of it. It's, it's pretty good. Like it, it, it's it's kind of fluffy and light, which is kind of why the, one of the problems why it's like why is this movie this long? Like, <laughs> right. it's like it, it's kind of fluffy in that way. Like, th- there's a couple serious moments, but for the most part, it's like, yeah, it's just um, people looking good and diving for treasure and in talking about it. And yeah, that's, yeah. And
1: what else do you want? What else do you want from oh. me
0: like that? Yeah. But no, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. And the last one I'll mention, and this one's going on my best of list uh, this year, it's to Helen Gone from 2019. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is an interesting little. Um, modern western it's got obvious like spaghetti western influences but it's set in modern day and it's about this drifter who's only called the stranger in the film like he's just he's just uh credited as the stranger but he's not your typical like spaghetti western hero or anything he's just this guy who drifts around in grifts you know to get his food and stuff like that like he you know scams people and things like that steals their shit he's the kind of guy who has like a little uh, little box full of dead flies in it, so he can put one into his plate to get like free meals and stuff like that, you know. Right. And he just gets in the in the wrong place at the wrong time and gets involved with these people just pulled off a heist, and it's in the middle of like the Arizona desert, and it's pretty good. Like it, it, it sounds
1: it, a lot like in, in in a weird way, like uh, No Country for All Men, but in you know, in a way, but not not with that sort of like philosophical or, you know, sort of theoretical bent.
0: It is kind of interesting that uh where, like, in No Country for Old Men, ultimately, your main character, he kind of fades out of the narrative at the end there, where it's just yeah. like he has... He just has, there's just no way he can overcome, like, the cartel coming for him, right? Yeah.
1: I mean, a drug cartel puts bullets in him, and he is gone from the movie. And this mm-hmm. is not even portrayed on screen. Spoilers for a movie from 2007.
0: <laughs> but um, the interesting thing here is, like, our protagonist, the Stranger, he's more an observer than anything. Like, for mm-hmm. most of the movie, he's just it's just his point of view, like, watching everybody else. And, like, he, he sort of sides with this kick-ass older woman who like owns a ranch or whatever and it's pretty good like he he has to make a decision at the end where where he wants to go and what he wants to do but uh for the most part he does little to nothing like he just watches for the most part
1: (laughs) nice nice. and then and
0: then this the little like neat little crime film with a good little twist of it too just kind of plays out in front of him and then he steps in at the end but uh really i really enjoyed it it was a nice little refreshing like Oh yeah, it's it's got some sort of Tarantino esque kind of characters in a way because the you know the dialogue's kind of witty, it kind of jumps mm-hmm. out at you, mm-hmm. and but it's also kind of naturalistic, and I just uh, I enjoyed it. It was it was just a really nice little sleeper surprise. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It
1: sounds it sounds like a lot of fun. No, I'm definitely gonna seek that one out. That one sounds good.
0: Yeah. So, uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to play a little bit of music uh, from the Seawolves. I found the actual soundtrack for the Seawolves. The Roy Buds uh, soundtrack, yeah. So, uh, I'll be able to pull that right off there instead of some shitty version off of YouTube. Yeah, we'll get back, talk about the Seawolves. Awesome. You ungodly warlock.
1: Hello, and welcome to Hello, This is the Doom Show. I'm Richard. And I hate the burning. Sheesh. Who are you? Speak. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and I'm Brad.
1: She came in and said, bark, 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 and he said, bark, 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 and she said, bark, 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 and
0: that's what I got. One is the Susperia boner. The other is the Inferno
1: boner. <laughs>
0: which, anyway.
1: which one is crying? <laughs> the boner of tears. <laughs>
0: Hello, This is the Doomed Show is available on Hello, show.potomatic.com and DoomedMovieThon.com Hello, hello. This is the Doomed Show. Richard Brad, Jeffrey It's the Doom Show. Hello, hello. This is the Doom Show. Slashers, G.I. Low, and horror. It's the show. You ungodly warlock. Hey, the Sea Wolves from 1980. 46 freighters sunk by German submarines in the Indian Ocean in the past month.
1: Look, damn it, we've got to get rid of that transmitter. Do you know how many lives depend on
0: supplies that are lying at the bottom of the Indian Ocean? I think our first priority is to find whoever heads the spy ring. What do you want, Senor? I want you to use your influence to persuade the governor to have a reception. Among the invited guests will be every port official from Marmagoa.
1: You got away with killing Trompetter and a fat lot of good it did us. We did find out that the transmitter's on the Ehrenfeld. I'd like to go into that harbor with commandos and blow the whole filthy place up, but we can't, which is rather frustrating.
0: What if a group of British civilians managed to board there? Ehrenfeld? And which civilians did you have in mind? The Calcutta Light Horse. Lewis, you're talking about a mixed bag of boozing, middle-aged, pot-bellied businessmen. It's insane and you know it. Are you expecting my men to volunteer without having the faintest idea what they're volunteering for? Right.
1: Unfortunately,
0: Bill, there'll be no pay in it. No pensions if anyone's killed or wounded. And no credit. It all sounds unbelievably attractive to me. I love it. Now, those of you who are selected will leave in about seven days. What are you doing? Just toning up. You'll be gone for two weeks. Mr. Melbourne. Are you all right? Get out! I think it's best if you tell your wives you've been ordered up to ranch if... You're not going
1: to ranch him. Don't be ridiculous. It's another woman, isn't it? We still have that date.
0: That is the best idea I've heard all day. We're actually stealing an entire ship, and all I get is five light horse for crew plus three hard lascats. We are not stealing Queen Mary.
1: Then you bring the others across by train to coach in. Then for a grand finale. We sail right into Marmago
0: Harbor and blow up everything in sight.
1: How long have you got on those mines? A couple of minutes, maybe.
0: Start engines! Start engine! Push off! what the hell's gone wrong? And uh, this is directed by Andrew V. Uh, McLaglen, who was big on doing these Men on a Mission films. Like, this is, this is like the tail end of the sort of, the heyday of those sort of films. Right, and he did, like, The Devil's Brigade. He did uh, Folk's. Uh, also known as, uh, I think, High Heist, Sea Heist or something like that. It's another Roger Moore one, uh, and it's Folks as F F O L K E S. Spelled weirdly, yeah. Uh, I actually, I actually, think we should do that movie as well because Roger Moore in that is wow. Uh, <laughs> he also oh, did. did the,
1: he did Mitchell, yeah,
0: yeah. He did Mitchell. He did the Wild Geese. He did a bunch of John Wayne. John Wayne. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Undefeated Chisholm, Hellfighters, Cahill, U.S. Marshal, McClintock, Bandolero. He did all kinds of shit. Uh, big, big time director.
1: Then, 96 episodes of
0: Gunsmoke. Yes. Yeah. He did a lot of Cowboy <laughs> TV
1: too. Let's, let's just say, uh, having seen this film, that does not surprise me in the
0: slightest. No. No. Um written uh, by James Lesore. Well, this is based on his book, Boarding Party, and both the real events that this is sort of based around. And uh, Reginald Rose did the uh, screenplay, and he also did Wild Geese and Wild Geese Part 2. And he also wrote 12 Angry Men back in the day as well. So, Yeah, I was kind of... He had very few credits, but it's like that jumped out. It's like 12 Angry Men, and oh, yeah, he did like the Wild Geese films in this too. You know, like, wow, that's that's an interesting uh, career... Path there, I don't know. Um,
1: well, you know, you you write the uh, you know one of the great courtroom dramas of all time, which isn't even a courtroom drama. Mm. Uh, later on, you are write uh, Gregory Peck covering himself in whiskey.
0: You know, like, yeah. Hey, that's
1: a trajectory uh, I can get behind.
0: Yeah. And uh, as you might expect, this movie is full of actors who have done these sort of movies beforehand in their sleep. Most notably Gregory Peck and David Niven here, who were in Guns of Navarone. Roger Moore was in Wild Geese. But yeah, we got Gregory Peck as uh, Colonel Lewis Pugh. Roger Moore as Captain Gavin Stewart. David never
1: in the midst of more as Bond, right? Like this is, yeah, okay, okay. I'm not, I'm not too familiar with the uh, full history of the Bond filmography, but you know, that was something I kind of gathered. So,
0: yeah, I think this is around, this is eighty, right? This is what around octopusy time frame, I think, somewhere around there. But yeah, David Nevin is Colonel W. H. Grease. Trevor Howard is Jack Cartwright. Barbara Kellerman as Miss Cromwell. Barbara Kellerman. I thought she was in more stuff, but mostly it was like very few movies and a lot of BBC television. It yeah, was...
1: like one or two episodes at a time. Yeah, I, I checked yeah. her IMDb or her, uh, Wikipedia page. So like, I, like I didn't it.
0: realize she was the um, the witch from uh, *Lion the Witch and the Wardrobe*, the BBC mm-hmm. uh, production of that from way back in the back in the day. Patrick Mcnee, Steed himself, John Steed himself, is Major Yogi Costley. And of course, he's playing some weirdo character who's like, oh, yeah, he's, he's an old white British dude, but he's into, like, uh, like uh, Eastern mysticism and religion, and he likes <laughs> standing on his head and shit. And, yeah, Patrick Allen as Colin McKenzie, Wolf Collar as Trompetta, and Wolf Collar you will recognize if you've ever seen a Nazi on film, because that's all he plays his entire career, pretty much. Just Google image search Wolf Collar, and you'll see 8,000 Nazi pictures. <laughs>
1: He's still alive? That's interesting. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, he's been in everything. Yeah, including Raiders of the Lost Ark. I think.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's yeah. one of the one of the Nazis that dies at the end. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. No, I get it.
0: Yeah, and uh, Robert Hoffman is U boat captain. And we have a synopsis here from ETO Film Buff on IMDb. Uh, Based on the true story from World War II, British intelligence determines that one of three German merchant ships anchored in a harbor in the Portuguese colony of Goa is transmitting information on Allied shipping to U-boats, which in turn are sinking tons of valuable material. Because Portugal is a neutral nation, British forces cannot attack the ship openly, so the task of destroying it falls to the Calcutta Light Horse Regiment. Trevor Howard, Sir Roger Moore, David Nevin, and Gregory Peck star as military officers brought out of retirement to... Well, not all of them are brought out of retirement to execute the attack on the Ehrenfelds, I believe
1: is the name of the yeah, ship. Yeah, Ehrenfeld,
0: something like that, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the one they uh, they signal out. It's the one transmitting, so yeah. But yeah, this, this is, uh, like we were saying, it is a fictionalized, partially fictionalized account of uh, the 1943 covert mission to raid those ships in uh, Goa. It's the Calcutta Light Horse Unit, which had been. (laughs) They hadn't done anything since uh, the Boer War, (laughs) which was 40 (laughs) years earlier. Right, yep. (laughs) It it also involves some uh, members of the Calcutta Scottish. Voluntary Infantry Regiment as well, but uh, they don't mention that here. The actual mission was called Operation Boarding Party, it was, and it utilized 14 men from the Calcutta Light Horse and four men from the Calcutta Scottish. And the boarding party operation raid, as it was known, remained a British government secret for 35 years, from 43 until 78. So there was like a lot of press around this when the movie finally did come out. Like they had like some survivors and stuff talk about you know, who were actually in the mission and shit. and um, But yeah, Daniel, what are your uh, sort of initial thoughts on this?
1: Yeah, this was a first time watch for me. I never really uh, heard of it. I, I guess I'd seen the title around maybe once or twice, but mm-hmm. um, you know, just popped it up, uh, found it on YouTube, just watched it. Um, not really knowing what to expect. Uh, it does take a while to get going, I think. I mean, yeah. you know, a lot of films from this era, um, I mean, we kind of run into this a lot, this is Again, we—you've uh, said twice that there were, like, you know, movies that were just a little bit too long. This is about yeah. a half hour too long. Uh, there, yeah. There's about there's there's a whole subplot that um, would be lovely in a film of its own, but has no place in this film. Yeah. Um, and that's the love story. There, it's it's crammed in. It has no real relevance to anything. It's completely superfluous. Um, in fact, that I mean, almost everything. This movie could start with, like, approaching the Light Brigade and going, mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, we've got a mission, let's let's do this thing. You know, you could cut everything else that isn't, like, that particular bit, because that's the really yeah. good stuff in this film. That said, uh, I think it is an enjoyable film, particularly the last, like, half hour or so is, like, really, when it really gets moving, it really does kind of satisfy that itch for that kind of old-school action scene uh, mm-hmm. stuff, you know, of kind of middle-aged men running through corridors with machine guns stuff. Uh, <laughs> you know um this is the early uh, blockbuster era nobody's going to confuse this with a Spielberg or a George Lucas movie but uh yeah. it's 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 very old-fashioned, and, you know, we do a lot of movies from, like, the 40s and 50s and 60s here, you know, Um, and this feels like a throwback to, like, those kinds of, um, you know, like, the fact that he did a bunch of, like, 60s Western television. It's like, you know, no, no, this, this feels very, you know, kind of that. Um And even the fact that they're all kind of doughy middle-aged guys, <laughs> you know, kind of going off and doing, like, action scenes. I mean, this is kind of, like, sold to, you know, sort of, like, at this time, not even... Not even like World War II veterans, I mean, although it is kind of sold to that, but you know, Korean War and then Vietnam War veterans who, you know, kind of came home and want to feel you know like some of the old adventure maybe you know this is a dad Um, movie it's a total very dad movie, and of course around this time you had you know Vietnam veterans actually going to um, uh, try to do some of this on their own yeah uh, without government sanction and that formed the basis of the modern day white nationalist movement so you know that's fine that's perfectly (laughs) fine we can just kind of skip over the like portrayal of the Indian people here I think when you see
0: them yeah
1: when you see I mean it it really is. I mean, you know, these are these are imperialist powers kind of Thying for control over something that doesn't belong to them in any sense. Mm-hmm. And none of that is in any way interrogated in this film. There's no, this film does not care about that. And like, I'm going to note it and then just move on. Cause there's nothing else to say about it. The film is not in any way interrogating that. You have to ignore that element in order to enjoy this film. Yeah. Um, that said uh, again, particularly in that kind of last half hour and even in the last half, kind of once you get to the Gregory Peck hanging out and like uh, giving orders to the, to the ruffians, Mm-hmm. Um that's a lot of, that's a lot of fun stuff and um yeah that's that's kind of my I mean we can talk about the romantic subplot <laughs> I don't know well, <laughs> I'll just I turn mean, it over to you and we can go where we want
0: to go Yeah so <laughs> And so this was, and yeah, this is one of the things that was not historically accurate. You know, uh, put in quotations you, there. You,
1: you mean you mean one of the guys that didn't bid the sexy German spy? Who yeah. you know, yeah, no, that didn't actually happen. There wasn't a little James Bond subplot happening in the middle of this uh, caper. Yeah, believe I, can't, it or not. I can't imagine. I can't. Yeah. Wow, I'm shocked. I'm shocked.
0: Yeah, I mean, so I mean, yeah, it's right between Roger Moore. He's he's right between two. Um, two Bond films that he did to his credit. He gets to play bond a little bit closer to what bond is in the actual text. Uh, It's a fine
1: performance. I'm not, mm -hmm. I'm not really arguing about like what it is is fine, but the whole movie just stops
0: dead when it's happening. Yeah. But I mean, you know, he, he still leans on his charm and he still has to have a romantic, you know, lead with him that he has to, you know, like seduce and all that stuff. And I mean, that stuff, you're right. That stuff works if it's in another movie. But here, it's kind of a distraction. For a while, it kind of makes you ignore the fact that he just kind of screws up this mission by getting <laughs> involved personally with, like, this German spy.
1: It's it, like, what are you doing, thinking with your dick? Like, people died because this guy is, like, fucking around when he's supposed to be working. A yeah, yeah.
0: guy who is directly working with him, who... Yeah. Who like basically begged to get on this mission because he wanted to avenge his son's death, like in in some stupid campaign somewhere in World War Two, and he he gets knifed because he happens to be in the wrong place in the wrong time, and she has to kill him, right? And it's I just know. yeah, it's like okay, it's it, it doesn't work in the sense that it's like we all know she's a spy, we all know she's a murderess, so the whole seduction thing doesn't really sell too well in this sort of context like uh, yeah well there's there's just not
1: there's no tension because you know there's not a sense of you know oh he doesn't know that she's this although he doesn't uh, seem to know until yeah, that's of, weird like he doesn't and, like he doesn't, you know you know she's a fucking spy <laughs> and like why why i mean it's why are you doing this i mean she's hot sure yeah. but like you know come back it's fine <laughs> you know, like, i mean
0: if i was david nevin i would shoot him too and leave him and, and fucking go
1: and he's what? like, you know, I think I'm falling in love with you. I mean, my favorite, my favorite line is, uh, you know, when uh, he asked her what, his, what her name is, because he's calling her Miss Crom- Mrs. Cromwell. Yeah. Um, and she's like, no, my husband died, but I'm still going back. Okay, so whatever. And then he's like, what's, She said, my name is Agnes, but you can call me Mrs. Cromwell. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's hot. That's mm-hmm. hot. And I'm like, oh, this is, this is creepy on a lot of different
0: levels. <laughs> you know, this,
1: this is not good. She's also like 10 years younger than him.
0: And, oh way more 10 years at least uh, 10
1: years sorry i was trying to be kind in terms of you know actually i we should look that up actually that's probably because because
0: out. roger moore was doing the bond stuff when he got in his 50s right so and Roger she Moore was born, was, born in, she was born in she was born in 49 <laughs> so 22 years younger than yeah <laughs> she she's basically banging her dad like that's yeah
1: well, which uh, you know, a lot of the a lot of the Bond stuff tends to just kind of you know move that way, and you know certainly certainly that's something that ended in 1980. I mean, we don't see that. Oh even no, in yeah, film, certainly
0: no, no, not at all. Sexual revolution and all that, like that. <laughs> Bond became a feminist real quick. When oh that yeah, happened.
1: sure, yeah. No, yeah. he's certainly banging chicks his own age now, but. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I was really i was really i didn't look it up, and I was really trying to just kind of be kind and kind of go like well with among the standards of like Hollywood casting, this is kind of extreme by those standards but it it's it's absolutely ridiculous, you know, so
0: I, yeah, uh, that part aside, and like yeah that's that's a good like fifteen to twenty minutes you could have exercised from this entire film, I mean, you, you know just don't need
1: it you just yeah. it doesn't doesn't it doesn't really do anything narratively in the film I mean there is a little bit of like Tension there is you do get some some neat kind of little action scenes with the Roger Moore, you know, like killing some guys, and there's some there's some yeah. s- intrigue and subterfuge and that kind of stuff, but it just it just doesn't go anywhere, and it's not what this film is. It's
0: just funny you enough. notice he has to, <laughs> you notice he has to kill them when he's dressed in a Bondish tuxedo too. Oh, but yeah,
1: no, he's wearing a white suit, and then he gets shot in the arm, and just kind of like you know bandages it up, and uh, you don't even really see him do anything with it. I mean, you know, like in movies of this kind, human flesh is like a self repairing tire. It mm-hmm. just sort of like you know it just fixes itself until you're. Mission is over, and then you slump to one side or whatever. Um, but no, he has to change from the white jacket to the black jacket, which fits him, which doesn't fit him right. And then they have to have a whole conversation yep. about how the jacket doesn't fit him, and it's just like, oh my god, <laughs> 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 just take me back to the drunken sailors, please. I want yeah. to the drunken sailors.
0: Yeah, see, that's that's the best part. Like it, it's the it's the men on a mission stuff. It's the half of their team has to steal this boat. And sail it around India and, <laughs> and, right. and, and and to to the to Goa, right? And they got to do it, you know. It's, without, it's
1: a rust bucket. I mean, it's like we're moving like seven knots. Look like, oh at my god! You, know, you got to sail like, around I, India.
0: <laughs> it's like you know. I, I know. I know that this is a secret mission. You're supposed to be inconspicuous, but come on like there's they should have been able to steal a slightly better boat than that but
1: i mean there's inconspicuous and then there's you know like a little too inconspicuous if you know what i mean (laughs) i love that there's a scene where like you know one of the one of the guys is like oh no i see a u-boat i see a a periscope and it turns out to be a whale's fin, and everybody's mad at him for warning them that he thought he saw a periscope like you know rather, better to be false positive than false, false negative than false positive or false positive than false negative on that
0: one right? it turns right. out he's right anyway because the sub is the u-boat is out there
1: right and, and then later I, on the uh... u-boat finds them and then it's like you know uh oh no it's not worth a torpedo well we could let surface and just bomb them and just hit them with our machine guns uh it's fine don't yeah, we don't can... don't matter
0: so that's why they don't do it. So they wouldn't get spotted. The so.
1: Germans just aren't cruel enough in this film. That's really the you know the Germans have been just slightly more cruel than you
0: know. Uh, they're, they're they're well the, yeah the Germans are just they're they're presented as just soldiers doing their job in yeah. this movie definitely. Yeah. Um, uh, they're also
1: like not enough of a threat. I mean, I guess you know, in, I mean, we have the real history to go by, and we don't have to necessarily sell them as like a giant threat but there's really no kind of moment in which the Germans really look like efficient or calculated or they look like you know and then when we do get to our kind of finishing scene you know our our guys just basically kind of run up on the boat and like capture everybody and there's a little bit of gunplay you know there there is some there is some like kind of neat action stuff there but um you certainly don't get the sense of like this ragtag team can never go against the you know imperial star destroyer or whatever you know like
0: I, I do I do kinda like that this is a men on a mission movie that's kinda more like you remember that, that Clint Eastwood like Morgan Freeman Tommy Lee Jones uh astronaut movie from like the two thousands. Oh
1: Space Cowboys,
0: yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. It's kinda like that where it's like I'm too old for this shit kind of thing. So yeah. So it's like, you know, there's these montages of them training and they're all out of shape. They're all ready to keel over with a fucking heart they're attack. They're
1: really training them with machine guns on the ship. They yeah. literally set up a target and go like, okay, you now fire wildly just to prove that you can hit it and
0: yeah. move on, you know? But it's- you know they they've been sitting in India drinking gin and tonics and and smoking and and just like slowly dying for like forty years since since the Boer War and fucking it's just it's amazing the the the, the comedy that comes out of you know this little I want to actually I wanted more montages of them training yeah mm-hmm. and I wanted more of those characters in the actual group because I I feel like the 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 romance subplot also. Takes too much away from those characters because yeah. you're just really too. You really don't get
1: characters. a sense of who they are. You yeah, you really don't get any sense of who they are. Yet.
0: Like you, you got a couple that are slightly characters. You got the you got the nervous guy who's in charge of the engine. <laughs> you got Patrick Mcnee as the as the weirdo guy who's into Eastern mysticism and also is really good at putting mines on boats, apparently, and blowing mm-hmm. them up and shit. Like, yeah, fine. Um,
1: <laughs> I, I preach of strict nonviolence, which is why my specialty is mines. Mm-hmm. I, I do my duty with honor, which is why I uh, place explosives and blow things up from, uh, with no ability to defend against it. That's the, uh, you know, like,
0: yeah. yeah. That's... But it was interesting. It's like, so Peck and Moore are the professional soldiers who initially botch their, the initial stage of this mission because they're t- actually kind of too good at their jobs in a way. Like <laughs> right. everyone else around them just dies because they're too efficient. Um, so then they have to go to the Calcutta Light Horse, and this is their this is their brilliant plan. And this, this just tells you about, you know, goes back to the, like, uh, white imperialism thing. It's like, these guys are old white men, so if they decide to get drunk, and this is their cover, you're businessmen who get drunk and steal a ship on a joyride. <laughs> right. That's supposed to be the cover that's going to be like, oh, it will be all right. You know, if they sail up near the German ship, no one's going to think anything about it.
1: <laughs> well, you know, what do you expect the British to do in uh-huh. India, except for be drunk all the time? Actually, it, now I'm now I'm kind of like it would actually be uh, even more racist if it had been like you know, well, you know, of course the the savages of the subcontinent are just uh, soused uh, continually.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it's, well, I mean, during one of the montage during the uh, training montage, there are two scenes where like one guy. He, he's running and he he runs into like an Indian waiter and he's like, "Why did you like let me know you were coming out?" You he doesn't go to say like you bloody right. savage, but you know right, it's pretty right. much that. And then there's uh one guy's in his office trying to do push-ups and his secretary comes in and he basically chastises and tells her, "Get the fuck out of here! I'm having a private heart attack." You know, like, <laughs> right. So, you know they got a little bit of the racism and sexism in there for you know you, you yeah. know British Empire style. You know,
1: yeah, sure. I mean it's fine. It's a... You know, this is this is the last hurrah of of Britain uh, having that world-straddling colossus of an empire. This is the very end of that, basically. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, it, it, it had been a decline. They're now they're now going to turn it over to the Americans, and uh, that's going to be just fine. That's going
0: to yeah. be, fine, you know. Yeah, you know. the Americans will do fine. <laughs> um, but you know, I I still I do really like the concept of um, what's going to see our. Sort of, you know, our protagonists through this mission is their knowledge and their skill sets, and not their physical abilities. Right. So, it offers a bit of a different challenge than your typical men on a mission, uh, World War II men on a mission film, especially like The Wild Geese or anything like. Well, actually, The Wild Geese is a mercenary film, and it's not World War II, as far as I remember. It's it's. Uh, I actually, I think it's about the um, the mercenary battles in Africa. I think it's one of those ones.
1: I haven't seen it, so, you know, we can put it on the list.
0: In a lot of those films, it's like they're always the best of the best. Like, you know, they put together the best team of...
1: The the Magnificent Seven. His specialty is explosives. And now it's like, well, we got a bunch of guys who really don't know much, but... uh... they're they're volunteer, like, they're, like, you can kill them, it doesn't really matter, that's really really their selling point, you know they'll do this, they'll do this for their country I mean, they're itching to get out there and be a part of the fight because they're not going to have a chance otherwise
0: but, (laughs) yeah, but it's like I I do like that, you know, they're if they get sidestepped by these uh, German uh, sailors like, you see a couple of them get, like, they get caught and they get overpowered and they get shot, and, like, mm -hmm. there's that one scene where this big you know, this big machine gun battle happens all of a sudden where everybody gets like clapped. clapped. It's like a Tarantino movie. It's like yeah, the yeah. fucking glorious bastards where I mean, no, Tarantino
1: it, clearly was borrowing from these kinds of movies for, yeah. for
0: his aesthetic and
1: uh, his later films and Inglorious bastards. And uh, once upon a time in Hollywood, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. You
0: really, you know. Yeah. You know, like the, they're old men. Oh fuck. What's his name? Uh, he's the guy with the eye patch in it. And he's been in a million things. Uh, he just died recently too, like 2019 or something. I think, um, his character is Lovecroft.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah he's, he's been in, like, Star Trek and Doctor Who and, like, everything that's existed for the last, Kevin like...
1: Morgan Shepard.
0: Yes, yeah. Like, like he's the guy who gets overpowered by, like, the uh, the officers in on the uh, German ship, and uh, they, they take his machine gun and his pistol and shit and, and try to stop the rest of them. A lot of them are, like, pushing in their 70s at this point, like yeah. they're supposed to be, you know, and they're... And I, I just like that. I, I like the, and I mean Clint Eastwood would do this sort of same thing in his later films, as like, yeah. you, you know, he'd shit on his action hero, badass status by you know, uh, being the guy who can't do the can't run laps anymore and protect the president. Like, what, what was that? His what
1: oh, movie was in the Line that? of
0: Fire? I think. Line of Fire, yeah, yeah. where he's sitting... <laughs> He's, he's too old. Oh, he's not too old. He can still fuck Rene Russo, and
1: <laughs> he can still save the day. He's just running a little bit slower. He can still kick it with the young guys, and it is, you know, kind of like you know, it's, it's wisdom, it's experience, and these guys don't even have that. And again, it is like if we didn't spend so much time with that subplot, maybe we could have gotten like everybody have like a little moment of like, yeah. you know, like. Conversation or kind of giving them like something to do that kind of makes them special or some characteristic that kind of makes them memorable and I mean to me it is just kind of again I've watched it once just a little bit ago and it is just kind of like kind of undifferentiated mass of guys in like sweaty guys on a boat <laughs> you
0: know? yeah that's, that's and that's I mean that honestly that's the biggest problem with the film but it's it is enjoyable and it you know and it's a good one like this is one I used to see on TV all the time and it usually yeah, like yeah. on Saturday or Sunday. And I mean, in that context, like two hour block of your Saturday or lazy Sunday as a kid, you want to watch a war movie? This is fucking perfect for that shit, right? Like, it's, no, it's really yeah yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't think I have anything else to say about it other than I like it a lot. But it's...
1: Gregory Peck, I feel like it's worth kind of just talking about. I really love the rapport he gets with the men at the end mm-hmm. when, you know, you really don't, or I'm not necessarily expecting him to really kind of. He's kind of got this kind of British officer class kind of attitude kind of going on, and um, he shows up and, he's, and the, the the men like him and he seems to kind of resp- respond in kind and he really takes responsibility for these guys and uh, it is kind of a nice little, little nice little bit you know when you know he's he's kind of like sitting there and they're uh, they're sitting by the pool and, he, and they're uh, talking about ordering beers and he's like so uh, I don't is anyone planning to get uh, get drunk tonight. Because I sure as fuck am. (laughs) He orders him him two bottles of whiskey. Go grab two bottles of whiskey. And the first one is like, okay, we're going to take like two swigs from it. And then, you know, pour the rest over yourself. uh, And to make yourself seem like just drunken louts mm-hmm. uh, which they kind of are anyway but, yeah. you know and then like oh and the other bottle is for our celebration afterwards um, so yeah, like,
0: yeah no there there is this kind of like little like class difference between like the calcutta light horse and him like he, he's you know he, he's a guy who's still in the thick of things and like you know david nevin's character is like i wish i could you know do what you're doing right now you know at the opening there where they're talking he's like i wish i could be in the thick of things like you guys are and he's like well, I mean, what can I, what can I tell you, dude? It's like, um, you guys are all pretty much retired and you're in business and stuff. And it's like, yeah, but we still want to, you know, we still want to serve and stuff like that. And that's where he gets the idea for this mission and shit. Mm -hmm. And yeah. And I I mean, Gregory Peck, he's the same age as all these guys. He just kind of uh, connects with them. And it's like, I mean, they're in this as much as I am and they're as capable as I am in at least certain ways. And, Mm -hmm. Yeah, Gregory
1: so, Peck would have been um, 50, almost 60 at this point, mm. 56, 54, excuse me.
0: Yeah, it's actually, um, it's yeah. interesting, like, it almost feels like Roger Moore's in a different movie half the time, because he's so aloof from kind of everybody. Yeah.
1: He he really I mean it really does just kind of like he just kind of goes off and has his own story. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, try not. Would be interesting if it was like if it was compelling and they like met up in some way at the end. But I mean he literally just kind of goes off and like he's like at the at the end of the movie when like the bombs are going off, you just see him kind of standing on the beach and going like, "Hey, I was a part of that." Yeah, I fucked that girl. That was my contribution to this project.
0: And it did. I and, and, and again I. I contest that like Gregory Peck or David Nevin should have just come and shot his ass because he, he got one of their dudes killed and almost jeopardized his <laughs> mission. That's like
1: in the real world version of this, he gets like court martialed immediately.
0: Uh-huh. Well, I mean, you know, uh, the, the stuff they do, I mean, they're everything they do is pretty much course, court martial offenses because uh, Gregory Peck and, and Roger Moore, they've, they bribe and extort and oh i'm
1: sure that was just like endemic though i mean you know you see you're allowed to do that to the natives yeah you know the problem isn't that he uh, went and got laid the problem is that he went and got laid and got somebody killed and it wasn't
0: um you know a brown person that's really the problem he extorts the portuguese governor of that colony He's like, do, do you do you want your kids to keep getting this British education? Well, you better play ball. Yeah,
1: you, you better you better throw a big party. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna put some whores and semen in your governor's mansion, or else <laughs> your kids don't get to go to school anymore.
0: <laughs> yeah. no, and don't mind the dead German spy on your floor right now. Like, yeah. you cover that
1: shit up. <laughs> you didn't see this. Just remember, you didn't see this. No, it's 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 it's, it's glorious, you know. Like, what, what is that? Well, that it's not even. It's like, you know, you're the Portuguese governor of this little portion of India, so you are yourself this imperialist overlord, <laughs> and we're gonna just come in and use our big dick British military <laughs> to just run right over you <laughs> because there's a pecking order here, motherfucker. <laughs> you, know?
0: well, you gotta think like, what does that guy think too? Because. <laughs> not in the loop here. He's just like Roger Moore comes in and tells him this is what it is. This is what's going to happen. And the next thing he knows, he sees Roger Moore with a dead woman who's been knifed in the floor of his office. Like, in his, in I, his mind, Roger Moore is like a serial killer. <laughs> I'm for Jack the Ripper? What the fuck did I just do? Like, Jesus <laughs>
1: So and the answer not- is yes. Yes, you did. This guy, this character goes around and does this. In <laughs> every scheme. He finds some sexy girl and then knifes her at the end. Well... I mean, it's I, like the comedian in Watchmen. You know? Yeah. <laughs>
0: like, well, I mean, that's exactly what that character is. I mean, yep. he is Bond from the actual text of the Bond novels, who is just a thug. A hired government thug. And fuck, man, it's just... That that, I mean, you know, you're, you're right that, that Portuguese governor, he's part of the structure. But at the same time, I kind of feel a little bad for him because his life is haunted from then for now on. Like, he's going to lose girl. sleep. Yes. He's going to see that dead girl for the rest of his life. and He's going to yeah. look at his kids, you know, getting their degrees in college and shit. It's like, if you'll do it you for your school.
1: It is, it is like movies of this era where they just like leave dead bodies behind everywhere and face no consequences for it. I mean, you do just kind of imagine like that Portuguese governor is just like doing like a full on Jesse Pinkman trying to get rid of that body. (laughs) 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 Like he has to do it himself because he can't like trust any of his lieutenants to not like, go like, um, why is there a white girl dead on your office? <laughs> and so he's got to go, like, hack it up and shit. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, he had to. I mean, the governor had to find someone to hack her up and put her yeah. right, like, Jesus Christ. Uh. <laughs> I wonder, how, I wonder how bad Roger Moore actually felt about that afterwards. It's like you know,
1: oh, he, sure, surely he surely this is a man of deep introspection who feels
0: deeply about that. Probably had several missions where he's but, fallen in love with a spy. You know,
1: <laughs> feels deeply about the corpses he leaves behind. in a <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I I like this movie more if I imagine him as a serial killer. That's um, you know. <laughs> It's I way mean, funnier. It's way funnier.
0: At one point, the the female spy, Kellerman's character, Mrs. Cromwell, like you buy that she's generally horrified that he murders uh, that that mole <laughs> character, the guy with the big mole in his cheek, like, he, he murders that dude, breaks his neck right in front of her. Right, yeah. <laughs> she's horrified by it. Like.
1: like, dude, I just threw a lamp and you just out and out murdered that motherfucker. Yeah. And again, like you're a German spy, and therefore, and you there, you have no, um, you have no feelings whatsoever. That's the thing. Although I, I love to agree, I mean, he's even like, I'm thinking, I'm falling in love with you, <laughs> Mrs. Cromwell. Yeah, like, you met me yesterday. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, this is a line. This guy's playing. <laughs> yeah, what he thinks is just this poor innocent woman. Like he deserved to get stabbed and killed. Like that's ultimately the yeah.
0: really did. Like honestly, that's how I would have written it. It's like that character. He dies because he's dumb. <laughs> you know, he's 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 putting his dick in a dangerous woman <laughs> Didn't go up, You know, like
1: the film Fatal got him. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it'd be Red Sparrow or something like that. She, she'd she'd be winning, you know, or getting out of there. Um, yeah, just uh, a teeny little bit of trivia. Like uh, we already went through basically most of it, where you know, this is you know what what was real, and what's not real, and all that shit. Um, the lead character, uh, Colonel Lewis Pugh, <coughs> by Gregory Peck. Um, the real Lewis Pugh, credited as Major General Lewis Pugh, CB, CBE. CSO JP in this movie's closing credits actually acted as the movie's chief military technical advisor in this one. Oh. Yeah, he was well, still That's around.
1: why he comes across so well. In the film. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> so why also my character he had the biggest dick in the room. That's that's the that's the really most important thing. He had literal brass balls, you know. He had them installed. The beginning of the war knowing it was going to be necessary night,
0: you know? that's that's why he has the best fight scene too because he yeah. you know he, get, he gets attacked in the in the docks by those guys and he breaks he literally he he does like a uh like i've seen um my dad gave me a uh man, like from his time in the army he gave me a combat manual that he was given when he was in the army And Gregory Peck literally does one of the moves that I've seen in that manual to break a dude's back with his knee. Like, he he does that. He just kills the motherfucker. Like, right, Yeah. Okay. So it's like, you know, uh, Gregory Peck looking like a badass in this.
1: Greg retirement age, kills a German soldier with kung fu,
0: effectively. The whole manual is actually designed that way, where it's like the easiest way to kill people, yeah. no matter what your sort of physical condition is, you know. There was actually four actual German survivors of this raid on Goa who acted as advisors on this movie as well, which is, uh, I don't know... I don't know how I feel about that. Is that is that somewhere akin to, like, uh, them getting uh, Nazi rocket scientists into the space program? Maybe not
1: quite as... I mean, an ordinary soldier in the German army in 1943, I mean, you know, like, I mean, you fall on the wrong side. But, I mean, it is like, you know, I mean, yeah. you're not talking about, like, oh, I was a guard in the SS, you know. I was yeah. personally throwing people into ovens at that point. You know, it's like, you know, I was a German soldier. I, do and, know, and, I that's,
0: do and that's there. how they're... Yeah, and that's how they're portrayed in the movie, like you said too. They're, they're kind of they're doing they're, they're sitting there they're hanging out like on those ships they're just hanging out they're not doing anything they're just hanging out.
1: <laughs> well, they're they're going around and they're um you know just uh, I mean they've essentially put a blockade for um you know British ships around this. I mean, that, that's the whole that's the whole point is like we have to go blow up the ship um that's giving around that's doing these like radio signals that's um. You know, informing where our boats are so they can be sunk, and that's the whole problem. You know, that, yep. that's the whole thing. And so, like, these people are, <laughs> you know, there's a line in the um, uh, Neil Stevenson book, Cryptonomicon, which is a, a really nice book. It's a Neil Stevenson book. If you have ever read any Neil Stevenson, you know if you're going to like it or not. But uh, part of it takes place during World War II mm. and um, out on a uh, German U-boat. And um, the protagonist or the protagonist of that section is like um, this, this uh, Marine, I believe. US Marine who's kind of like, you know, kind of gotten on the boat. It's a it's a weird book. Anyway, um and he, you know, this is a guy who's like really rough and tumble who's used to like, you know, digging around in the jungle with uh with an M4. Um mm-hmm. and he's like kind of thinking about like, oh, the war for these guys is like you're sitting at a chair and you're like manning a, a valve and making sure that the yeah. numbers are where they're supposed to be. And then every so often somebody presses a button and then you get n- noticed that like, Oh, a bunch of guys just killed. And that's your experience of the war, you know, yeah. um, which is very kind of, you know, modern. And that's, that's pretty much what we see the Germans doing here. You know, they're not up close and personal with this stuff. I
0: mean, they're literally just kind of yeah, going like, like uh, oh. yeah. modern day drone. Oh, absolutely. Officers. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. Um, so uh Charlton Heston was in talks to play the lead in this at one point. Um does I know the director wanted
1: uh I'm sure he would do a phenomenal
0: British accent. <laughs> ah I'm, I'm British ah. <laughs> Yeah, that, I don't know if that would have worked too well. Um, I, can,
1: I just, I just imagine like the internal racism of the time, he would just kind of be like,
0: "These damn dirty savages, these apes." <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of where we going. <coughs> um, but uh, I know the director actually wanted uh, Richard Burton uh, mm. to come back from the Wild Geese, but uh, he did not, of course. Although apparently. I read somewhere that Richard Burton actually kind of regretted not taking this role for some reason. I don't know why, because this movie didn't really do very well. And, and Barbara...
1: wanted to do it. I mean, a lot of times, like, people just want to do these roles just because, like, it's just fun to kind
0: of do this for, right.
1: you know, you go and you play soldier for two months and, you know, like, you get to... Goof off and drink a little whiskey and it's fine.
0: You know, I mean, it's Richard Burton, so he's not just drinking a little whiskey. He's (laughs) he's getting drunk every night. Um,
1: he's like, can I play one of the drunken sailors? That's really,
0: (laughs) yeah. Uh, Barbara Kellerman replaced uh, Diana Rigg, Hmm. Uh, so uh, you almost had an Avengers uh, reunion kind of thing Uh here. Almost box office for this. I did not get the budget, but I mean. (laughs) You look at this, and the budget can't be super big, but even then, box office was only twenty two thousand.
1: Really, jeez,
0: or, or $220,000. 220, 220, uh, yeah, yeah, excuse yeah. me, but it's still that's still,
1: well in nineteen eighty. That's I mean,
0: there's there's no way that that right. met their bud their budget back, or not even. I, I bet you they maybe spent half of half of that amount on. Advertisement. Yeah, sure. So who I mean, knows?
1: This is, for, this is for the era. Like, this is kind of what you know. They they used to just call a programmer. This is the kind of thing that like you put some money in, you put some actors to it. You know, it kind of comes back. It's just one of your like middle of the road pictures. It's not meant to be the blockbuster. I mean, this is again the beginning of the blockbuster era, really.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Raiders of the Lost Ark is I think eighty one. So we're we're not even yeah really kind of hit that kind of second wave of, of that. And so you know, but. This is, this is just the end of that old kind of Hollywood, you know, and that kind of idea of, like, not every movie has to be <laughs> that size. It can just be, like, the thing that it is. Um, and, um, yeah. And, again, it feels old-fashioned even for that. <laughs> even <Yeah. laughs> for 1980. Like, I'm watching this, and I'm like, I could, would believe this was made in 1961. Like, there's yeah, really. very little here that you couldn't kind of do in, in the early 60s. Um, it kind of made me think a little bit of the, uh, the film, which I think I, I liked a little bit better, Assignment in Beirut. Um, which we oh, did, yeah. which, uh, you know, because it had that kind of, like, spy movie kind of attitude. I mean, it does feel like something a little bit of a throwback from the late 60s,
0: um, in yeah. a weird way. Also known as Revis.
1: Yes, also known as Revis.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so what do we want to do uh, next? Is this going to be, like, our last little uh, stop in the 80s before we go back to the 30s? Or well, uh... I
1: thought we would do uh, a little bit in the 90s as well. Uh, okay. So, I don't know. Well, uh, we can kind of talk maybe off air about like what All we'll right. do next. Um, just to kind of announce it. Cause uh, I didn't really have any kind of, I mean, we could look at the list, but I hadn't really thought too hard about it. Um, I do apologize for missing last week. I don't, I can't remember if I said this on or off air. Um, but uh, I just had a lot of shit going on last week and I just couldn't, couldn't make it in. I miss, uh, getting to rewatch weird science to talk about with you guys. Um, and of course, uh, Captain America Winter Soldier, which is one of the, which is possibly the best of the uh, Marvel movies. So I kind of, I kind of got screwed twice on that one. <laughs> it's kind of unavoidable. But, um, so yeah, just wanted to mention
0: that before we get out of here. Yeah. Um, so Daniel, tell people where they can find you on the interwebs.
1: Well, I do another podcast. Well, I have a Twitter. And it's at Daniel Lee Harper. Um, I also do another podcast got I Don't Speak German. It's about uh, Nazis and it takes Nazis a little bit more seriously than this film does. Um, and, uh, <laughs> I will uh, mention that we did um, we do we do do occasionally. Um, a friend of the show here, Jack Graham, is my regular co-host there, and we do occasionally do um, movie discussions. Um, kind of referring to uh, less about the movies and more about sort of the the way they're made and the ideology and the mm-hmm. history behind them. And we recently, in episode fifty-one, did the um, made-for-TV HBO movie from two thousand called Conspiracy, which All is right. about the uh, the von Sea conference, which is uh, the uh, it's got, got Kenneth Branagh and um, Stanley Tucci and a bunch of British character actors. And uh, this is the movie, um, the Wannsee the, the Conference is essentially where the um, the plans for the Holocaust were uh, like kind of finalized and the SS kind of officially takes control. And it is a movie um, that's very much like 12 Angry Men in terms of its structure. Um, if mm. you haven't seen it, it's actually quite good. And uh, we did do a discussion of that uh, back in episode 51, which is uh, one or two back by the time this comes out. So, um, yeah, if you're... Uh, Interested at all in, in uh, that, that might be a good place to start because uh, it was it was an interesting discussion. So.
0: I don't know. And you can find us at tmbdos.podbean.com where you can find uh, all of our Apple Podcasts, Facebook, and YouTube links. Join the Facebook group. Best way to figure out what's going on with us. Find out what's coming up next. Give suggestions for movies for us to review and or just you know, talk <laughs> to us and tell us we're shit. Tell us we're great. You know, the, the usual shit, you know. Yeah.
1: We didn't, we didn't read any comments this time, but uh, there will probably be more next time, and we will, that will be fine.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I needed to um, – <laughs> I was a little busy this week. I, I did not get a chance to translate all these one-word foreign language comments we've been getting on our YouTube videos. <laughs> that, uh, I'm, I'm sure they were all just – I'm sure they were all great. They were all brimming with uh, praise and uh, elation for how great we are to provide this podcast entertainment and they're not at all a derisive, evil, nasty file insults about how we did not provide the movie for them to watch.
1: It's, yeah. I'm sure that's exactly what we're going to find.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm, t- I'm trying to to be positive. You know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a dark time yeah. recently. You know, it's, I want to be yeah. more, more positive, you know,
1: it's all going to be, you know, like uh, random language translations of Bravo, sir.
0: Exactly. One. Yeah. Exactly, yeah, that's what I suspect. Uh, but yeah, uh, thank you, Daniel. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And uh, we will be back again with uh, whatever we talk about fucking covering here in a few minutes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> we'll figure it out off mike you know.
0: Yeah, so join the Facebook group, assholes and you'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's, I mean, it's it's I gotta throw some truth out there every once in a while,
1: yeah, yeah, no, that's the way it goes,
0: but uh, yeah. Later, guys. Bye. Cheers. Thank you for listening to They Must Be Destroyed on Site. For further episodes, our Apple Podcasts, Facebook, and YouTube links, please go to tmbdos.podbean.com. Thank you, drive through.